0: Welcome everyone to Celtic Preacher and we are now on podcast 24 and it's Advent which means we don't get to hear about the Christmas story yet. We have to hear about Uncle Zachariah's story before we hear about Mary and Gabriel. Who is Uncle Zachariah you might ask? Well it was John the Baptist's dad and his mother's name was Elizabeth. And uh, as part of the the Christmas stories, uh, you can't hear about Mary and the angel until you hear about Uncle Zachariah and his encounter with the angel. Well, Uncle Zachariah. So our text is Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 39. And here's the thing about Uncle Zachariah. It's not easy for the majority of us to trust God. And it's not so much that we don't believe in the existence of God, the one who holds the entire cosmos together. Most of us, at some level, we don't have trouble with that. You know, we believe that God exists. The difficulty is more when it comes down to our personal lives, uh, the lives of our loved ones, our work, practical details. Here's where things get tough. Things like, uh, you know, you've got the mortgage payment, you have your bills to pay, you have decisions to make that affect your future, your children's future. Uh, Some of us uh, struggle with marriages that are less than ideal, partnerships that are less than ideal. Some of us have health issues. We have people that we're estranged from. These sorts of things can easily be put into the realm of, well, that part's up to me, right? It's up to me to deal with this unemployment. Or it's up to me to graduate and figure out my future or uh, quit this habit that's taken a, a toll on my health. These kinds of things can get put into the realm of, well, that's up to me. You know, I've got God over here, and yes, I do believe in God, but... For all practical purposes, there's an awful lot of other things in my life that are pretty much up to me to fix. Now, the thing is, is that Jesus teaches a completely different way. Jesus teaches, and I'm going to give you a quote from Matthew 11. Jesus teaches that he talks about a voluntary partnership that we choose to enter, right? He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So the image is, imagine in the old days, they would have the two ox, and they'd be yoked together, and they'd be pulling together. So what Jesus teaches is, it's not really up to you to figure life out. This is what he teaches. It's not really up to you to have a, a part of your life where, well, that's all you, and you have to figure all that's Part out, and then over here, uh, this is this is your life with God here. As far as Jesus was concerned, he taught that it's more about learning how to be in partnership with God in all things. Now, the tricky part is that, that there's this tricky balance in our spiritual life, of um. Pulling your own weight, moving ahead, using your gifts, using your intellect. But also being sensitive that Emmanuel or God is with us. And it's like we need spiritual boundaries to discern what's my part and what's God's part. And when we get off track, we, we tend to get tired and weary And discouraged and stressed. When we get stressed and overwhelmed, when when life feels out of kilter, when anxiety runs the show, during these times, chances are we've forgotten that we're yoked with Christ. Chances are we've forgotten we're yoked and that somehow we're doing it all by ourselves. And we can forget that we're really not made to struggle through life alone. I mean, that's the whole idea of Emmanuel, God with us. That's what the name means. It means God with us. And sometimes we rest in this. And other times, for whatever reason, it's harder for us. But here's what I want to encourage you with this morning. That we are in good company. If you've ever felt, or maybe you're feeling today, if you've ever felt that it's difficult to trust God, you can be encouraged because most people recorded in the scripture are a bit of a mix and most people go through times where it's really, really difficult to trust God. And today we're going to be looking at John the Baptist's parents, Zachariah and Elizabeth. Now, as most of you know, uh, John, cousin John, was born six months before Jesus and John's parents, Elizabeth and Zechariah, are a really important part of the Christmas story. And we can learn so much from Zechariah. We can learn a lot from him, particularly when we go through times when it's difficult for us to trust God. So here's a story, and it's a good one. It's one of my favorite ones. This is the story of Zechariah, Luke chapter 1. First of all, we're told that Zachariah was a righteous man, which means that, for all his difficulties trusting God at times, at his core, when all is said and he's righteous, which means that he's he's living a decent life before people and before God. And Zachariah is fortunate to have a wife of a similar disposition, and her name's Elizabeth. And the passage shows us she was a righteous woman. Okay, she wants to be right with people. She wants to be right with God. And there they are. So at this point in the story, Elizabeth's about 60 years old. And they have prayed for years and years and years for a child, but no child appeared. It's one of these heartfelt, longed-for yearnings that's never, ever been fulfilled. And now it's, well, it's too late, right? It's just out of the question. There comes a time when there are no more opportunities, and it's too late. Now, how they came to terms with that disappointment, we don't know. The text is silent. Probably the same way we eventually come to accept our unanswered prayers. They just uh, realize it's not going to happen. Well, one day, Zechariah, who was a priest, was serving in the temple. And it was a high point in the priest's life to serve in the innermost sanctuary before the great altar. Uh, And the idea was that he would go into the innermost sanctuary and he would light the frankincense which, of course, was symbolic of the prayers arising to the heavens, the prayers of God's people arising into the heavens. While he's there in this space, in the temple, suddenly the angel Gabriel appears to him on the right-hand side of the altar. And Luke tells us, verse 13, Don't be afraid. Gabriel says, your prayers will be answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will have a son. He will be great in the sight of God. And you're to call him John because he will get people ready to receive Jesus. Now, remember our timeline. This is before Jesus is born. Now, when he hears this, his response is, "Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, that's his response. I don't think so. We're too old. It's not going to happen. What do you mean we're going to have a child? Prove it, Zachariah says to Gabriel. Prove it. What sign can you give me to prove that what you say is true? It's a bit late now. If you had come 30 years ago, fair enough. But I need proof, Uncle Zach says. And Gabriel replies, and he says, hey, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and you're asking for a sign? Really? It's like, what what more do you need? I'm an angel. I've been sent here to give you the good news about John, about your new baby. Okay, Gabriel says, here's your sign. You will not be able to speak until the baby is born. And from that point on, Zechariah was mute. He didn't utter a word until John was born. Talk about learning how to keep your mouth shut. This is a hard lesson for Zechariah. Well, the people outside the temple are waiting. They're thinking, what's happened to Zechariah? How come he's taken so long? And sure enough, when Zechariah did appear, well, he couldn't really tell them anything, right? Because he's mute. He can only sign as best he can he's signing to them to try and explain what had happened he went home told his wife and in due course Elizabeth nine months later had a son and they called him John meaning God is gracious And when John was named, Zechariah's voice returned to him. So basically, Zechariah lost his ability to speak for nine months. And it's only after John's born that he could once again speak. So Zechariah is plunged, really, into a time of forced silence. His circumstances work out in such a way that he loses all ability to organize his life, right? He can write notes, presumably, but that's it. Now, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but uh, I'm going to guess that this is a very common situation in the sense that Zachariah tried to control his life, and he's failed. He tried to have things work out in a particular way. He failed, He asked Gabriel for proof. He didn't get the proof that he was looking for. He's trying to orchestrate his life in a particular way, have things done in a particular way. All in all, Zachariah is a man who can't control his life. He can't get Gabriel to do what he wants him to do. He can't receive the promise that he'll have a son because it's way too impractical in his mind. Zachariah has trouble trusting that God knows what God is doing. Now, how common is this? How common is it to resist the way things are turning out in our lives? How common is it for us to fight against what is? How common is it for us to uh, chafe And resist what is. Well, I think it's pretty common. And and at its core, it's a lack of trust in God. And this is the position that Zachariah is in. And in many ways, for nine months, it pretty much robs him of his joy. He can't enjoy what he has because he's too busy concentrating on how things are not working out the way He wants them to work out. Well, what struck me about this narrative is, apart from the fact that it's got to be the funniest passage in the entire scripture, apart from that, right? Um, What struck me about this narrative is this promised son, John. John was born, just as Gabriel promised, nine months later. But here's the thing. It really had very little to do with Zechariah. In other words, the promise came because God is faithful, not because Zechariah believed. God worked with Zechariah in spite of his unbelief. Zechariah could believe Gabriel or not. Either way, God was going to do what God had planned to do. Now, had Zachariah believed and not resisted, I think he would have had a much happier, more pleasant, more joyful nine months before John was born. But the promise of John would come to pass with or without Zachariah's belief. You see what I'm heading with this? What I'm suggesting is, is that things will work out the way that God desires them to work out in our lives, whether we believe or not. Here's what's interesting. After John's born, Zechariah, of course, could once again speak. It's very interesting to read what he says after nine months of silence. If you pick it up on, on verse 68, listen to what this man says after nine months of silence. He says, okay, the baby's born, John's born. After nine months of silence, Zechariah says, blessed be the God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them, and he has raised up a mighty Savior for us by the tender mercy of God. Now there's a man who's learned humility in nine months of silence by the tender mercy of God, Zachariah saying. You know, I doubted Gabriel. I wanted more proof. I thought it was too late. I thought we'd never have a son, but we do have a son. And you know, you know what? It's not because of me. It's not because I trusted. It's not because I believed. It's because of the tender mercy of God. When I was unfaithful, God was faithful. When I had no faith, God didn't need my faith. When I doubted, God moved ahead and did what needed to be done. Faithful God. What a faithful God. So one of the lessons here is, rather than concentrate on what is not going the way we hoped for, rather than concentrate on our difficulty trusting, it's like how about reminding ourselves who God is and how faithful God is, right? It's like it's not, take the pressure off yourself. Take the pressure off yourself. It's a difficult time of year for many people. Why? because we have unrealistic expectations. And like Zechariah, it is impossible to control these expectations. But if we can learn from Zechariah, if we can step away from our expectations and instead look at God's faithfulness, by the tender mercy of God, God will work out what needs to be worked out, whether you believe or not. Isn't that a great Christmas prayer? By the tender mercy of God, I entrust this time to you. Yeah, you can take the pressure off yourself. You don't have to believe. You don't have to trust. You don't have to do anything because God is faithful and God will bring about What needs to happen this week, today, next week, by the tender mercy of God, there is the heart cry. There's the heart cry. That's what we're trusting in. We're trusting in the tender mercy of God to do what needs to be done in our lives, in the lives of those that we love in our families, in our extended family. Whatever it is we're struggling with this Christmas season, we're trusting in the tender mercy of God to work things out. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher, and we are are resting in the tender mercy of God this Christmas season. Join with me again next week for another episode of Celtic Preacher.